0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, July 28, 2013. Classic Hits Volume 4, Man in the Mirror. Wow. Absolutely, give it up for the praise team. What an awesome job they did during this series. You know, the thing about this song is many times when I listened to it in preparation for this message, like, it would bring back memories from the past that would just hit me at the core of my being. And I would end up in tears, like, every time, every time. And I would relate some of the lyrics, like, a widow deeply scarred, somebody's broken heart and a washed out dream. They follow the pattern of the wind you see because they got no place to be. That was me. Broken heart, washed out dreams, not really clear who I was or where I needed to be. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown, and I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Lord God, wow, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for each person here, Lord. There is no accident that any one of us are here. Lord, right now, we just pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds for, all, for the message that you would have for each one of us, Lord, that it would change and transform us into the people you would have us be. And we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. You got to get it right while you got the time, because if you close your heart, then you close your mind. Wow. So, I'm starting with the man, I mean the woman in the mirror. What a great place to begin. So who is this man, woman, young adult, youth, or child that we see in the mirror? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Who do you see? Who is this person being reflected back? Well, I'm starting with the woman in the mirror, me. So as I reflected and looked at myself in the mirror, I realized that the answer to that question would have been different at various points in my life. Some of the thoughts I've had throughout my life when looking in the mirror include things like fat, ugly, unlovable, worthless, loser, liar, broken, failure, a mess, basket case, not good enough, crazy, lost, dumb, and a few other choice words. Now, I've also had some positive thoughts when looking in the mirror. I think we all have things like, right? Looking good today, huh? <laughs> nice, pretty, hot. <laughs> Woo. Okay, honest, (laughs) successful, caring, compassionate, goofy, loved, happy, content, smart, independent, self-starter, passionate. So I don't know what your reflections are when you look in the mirror, but I bet we've shared some common threads. For me, over the course of my life, however, the negative traits have far outweighed the positive. I don't know why that is. So some of the negative ones, they still come back, and they actually still haunt me today. The other thing to notice is that all of these assessments have been reflected back to me by others, either directly to my face or by others' conversations about me. So these thoughts Reflections, traits, or beliefs can have the power to tear down and they can have the power to build up. So I mentioned before that I have been unchurched for most of my life. As an unbeliever, these thoughts of who I am, they seemed like they were the truth. So when I had the thought, I'm broken or damaged goods, it's because I really was. Now I can remember feeling like an outcast, not fitting in, enduring verbal abuse from others, just overall feelings of being alone, not liked, unsure of myself, and wondering from time to time, why am I even here on the planet? Many times I was content being the quietest person in a room. It was easy for me to pretend I could just sit back and look pretty and nice. So now, as a believer, I can see why I thought those things were true. Because if we go back to Genesis in chapter 3, after Adam and Eve in their disobedience, their sin, they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil so our humanities our direct access and direct communion with god has become distorted and broken ever since that event in fact it's been distorted ever since their spiritual eyesight and vision became so blurred that they hid from god like that's even possible right to hide from god (laughs) But isn't that what we try to do? We try to hide from God. See, they felt shame for the first time in their lives. And this makes sense, since it was most likely their pride, they wanted to be like God, knowing good and evil, that had them become disobedient in the first place. So where are we going with all this? Well, the bottom line is that our spiritual Eyesight, our vision, has been distorted because of sin. Have you ever considered that your vision is distorted? We each see at different levels of clarity depending on how far away from God we are or how close to God we are. The further away from God we are, the bigger the distortion, the lesser or the closer. We are to God, the lesser the distortion. So Paul, who is one of the authors of several of the letters that are contained in the New Testament, he wrote two letters to the church in Corinth. In the 13th chapter of his first letter to the church in Corinth, he writes, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Read the rest with me then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. See, Paul knows this truth for himself. If you were here a few weeks ago, you'll remember that Alan and Carrie shared some of Paul's story. To recap, Paul was a very zealous Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee, were influential Jewish men who sought to interpret the law carefully according to the traditions of those from previous generations. Paul boasts he was the Pharisee of Pharisees following the very letter of the law. He persecuted the church to the point of hunting down Christians, approving of their deaths, throwing them in jail, He was feared by Christians of the day. I can't even imagine being a Christian at that time. He was all about tearing down and destroying the church, those who believed in the name of Jesus. Now, you may recall that one day, while on his way to Damascus to hunt down and persecute even more Christians, he was struck by a light from heaven that literally blinded him For three days, he heard a voice speak to him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, read the rest of it with me please, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified in faith by me." Wow! So Paul's encounter with Jesus literally brought him from darkness to light. His heart was transformed in this moment. He went from unbelief to believing in Jesus as Lord and Savior. His spiritual vision and his perspective were dramatically restored in this encounter. I know many of you have had encounters that have restored your spiritual sight. So he received his calling from God to help open the eyes of those who are still living in darkness. There's a lot of people still living in darkness. So that they may be brought from the power of Satan... To the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Jesus. So the same is true for us when we have a personal encounter with Jesus. Our hearts, our hearts are transformed. We move from darkness into the light, and our love for God and others begins to increase. Now, another question for us to ask today is how does God see us? So David, King David, who was a man after God's own heart, he can give us a little insight into this by the words he wrote in Psalm 139. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Read the rest of it with me. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. What a powerful psalm. I love this. The other thing that I love about this psalm is that it reminds me and hopefully all of us that we are all, every single one of us, fearfully and wonderfully made how vast are the thoughts that god has for you and for me and this is true regardless of how far we are from god or how close we are to god if you don't believe it read the parable of the lost son in the gospel of luke the 15th chapter you are precious every one of you so Paul writes about God's great love for us in another letter to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, read the rest, even when we were dead in transgressions, It is by grace you have been saved. Hallelujah. So he continues in verse 8 by saying, and read this with me too, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So I am a sinner who's been saved by God's grace, by God's unconditional love for you and me. Alan and Carrie say this every Sunday. I love it because it reminds me that I am no better or no worse than anyone else. It doesn't matter, again, how far from God we are or how close you are. We are all sinners. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all done things that have been against God's will. You know, even those who don't believe in God could admit, if there really is a God, and we believe there is, that they have done some things that are against God's will. Things that have hurt others and themselves. We call those things sin. So when I remember that I am a sinner saved by grace, not by any works of my own. I, don't, I didn't have to achieve a certain level of goodness, right, before God would save me. When I remember that, the negative thoughts that I still have, notice I said the negative thoughts I still have about myself from time to time, they don't bring me down or really matter anymore when I remember that nor do the positive thoughts that I have about myself like puff me up and make me think I'm better than others. I begin to have a right relationship with God and with others. So in this frame of mind, when I do things that are not aligned with God's will, it's easier for me to recognize that I have failed to be a good witness for Christ. I can then repent of my sin clean up my mess with god's help and continue to strive to be all that god has for me to be the main difference is that i recognize i failed i don't take on the incapacitating thought that i am a failure unless i forget I'm a sinner who's saved by grace. Because when I do that, when I forget that, I temporarily get knocked out of the game. I get depressed, and then I become my own worst enemy. And I know several of you, you know, I've mentioned, man, I'm just depressed. I forgot. So if I say that to you, remind me, please, that I am a sinner saved by grace. So there's a big difference between the two. The one is the truth. I failed. The other is a lie. I am a failure. So our song today asks, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. So how can you make the change? Well, Paul tells us in verse 10 of Ephesians 2, Read it with me. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, God has already prepared in advance good works for both me and you. All there is for us to do is open the eyes of our heart, because that's where God lives. God lives in your heart And for us to then step into those opportunities that God puts before us on an everyday, daily basis. Now, if you're unclear or uncertain what some of those, you know, what the works that God has prepared for you, not for the person sitting next to you, for you, if you're unclear about that, all we need to do is ask God for help. Where do you want me to make a difference, God? Who do you want me to make a difference with, God? What's the next step to making that happen? God will definitely show you. So Paul, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, he gives us several, I mean several great examples of ways to make the world a better place. I highly encourage you all to read that letter. There's so much good stuff in there. But today we're going to focus on one thing that can literally transform our families, schools, church, community, and beyond. And it's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, where Paul says, read it with me, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen so first off what is unwholesome i i i think a lot of you know what unwholesome is unwholesome talk but the definition i found at dictionary.com i really liked it said talk that is detrimental to someone's physical mental or moral well-being So what does unwholesome talk do to others? It tears them down. It tears them down. And there's way too much of that happening in our homes, our schools, our workplace, and sometimes even in our church. Now Satan's job, we hear this fairly regularly, is to kill, steal, and destroy When we let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, two things happen. One, we discredit our witness for God. And secondly, we unintentionally participate in Satan's mission. And I know that none of y'all want to do that. I don't want to do that. So instead... Paul says we should speak only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. Wow, just imagine, really imagine, if the rest of today and tomorrow or as you go out throughout your week, that you spoke words that only built others up. How cool would that be? What if we each took time to pause and pray about this every day? Asking God, what words and actions can I take today, God, that I can say to my family members, my classmates, my coworkers, my customers, the people I encounter, what can I say that will help build them up? God, what would really make a difference for this person that's been on my heart? Help show me. What do they need to hear, God? Now, sometimes, however, it might also mean that we just be quiet. I was in Newark the other day, and man, somebody did something that really annoyed me, and I wanted to say something to them. I couldn't think of how to say it in a way that would build them up (laughs) so I chose that time to be silent what's the old saying if you don't have anything good to say don't say it at all that's right (laughs) that's right good lesson to learn Now, when I think back to the people who were most influential in my life, these are people who I would not be the person I am today if it was not for those people. They always built me up. They always built others up. You never heard them gossip. They honored everyone, whether you were in the room or you were absent, and I honestly believe I would not be here if it were not for them. And I thank God, I actually called one of them this past week and, and shared that with them in tears. I couldn't even stop crying as I'm sharing this because they made such an impact on me. So our song asks, If you wanna make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. It starts with you. Not with your spouse, not with your parent, not with your children, or your boss, or your friends, or your neighbors. It starts with you. So one of the things we can do at the end of the day or however you want to do it, you could inventory and think about your speaking and your actions towards others. Ask yourself, who have I torn down in my friend network? Friends, relatives, acquaintances, and neighbors, who have I torn down by the things I've both said and done? Make a list. Ask God to help you make things right with them. The other thing we can do is we can ask God who in our Fran network, both those who are far from God, let's never forget the people we run into on a daily basis who are far from God. So both those who are far from God and those who are close to God, how can I help Genuinely build that person up. Because you got to get it right while you cut the time. There are too many people living in darkness. And if you close your heart, then you close your mind on who God is counting on you to build up. You know, one day I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, have him say, well thought. So let's live it, and let's believe it. Let's pray. Gracious God, wow. We thank you for today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all the people in our lives who have helped build us up. We thank you that you placed them in our lives for that time and place. And God, we pray that we would be those people for others, the people that we meet in various places. Help us be a positive witness for Christ, Lord. Help us build up those who are far away and those who are close. Lord, I don't know where everybody is, and I know we're all at different places. And if anybody is feeling down today or in that funk, we help them remember that they are so dearly loved, that your thoughts for them are so great, greater than the sands on the seashore, Lord. Help us take that in and then help us share that with others. And we give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that He offers.